Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello once again, I'm Josh Raymond. So glad to have you joining us here on The Inner Life, our program about spiritual direction on this Tuesday of the third week of Lent. And uh, today I want to ask some questions about dealing with forgiveness. Is it easy for you to forgive someone when they wrong you? Um, I, it's harder for others. Some people, it's really easy. Where do you fall? When we pray the Our Father, we ask God the Father to forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And when you pray that prayer, is that something where it's just words in a prayer that you have memorized, or do you really try and live that out every day of your life? Has there been that time where you weren't willing to forgive someone? Or when someone wronged you, maybe they weren't willing to forgive you. Years ago, I came across a story about someone forgiving another person when they felt that it was almost impossible. And maybe you've heard the name Cory Ten Boom. Cory was a Christian woman who lived in Amsterdam when the Nazis invaded during World War II. And she and her family, they, had, they helped hide Jews and mentally disabled people there in their area, helping them escape that extermination under the Third Reich. Now, in 1944, as they'd been doing this, her family was arrested. Uh, her mother had passed away a number of years ago, so her father, uh, two sisters, and a brother were all arrested. One brother and a sister were released fairly quickly, but she and her sister, Betsy, they were sent to a concentration camp. Her father ended up dying in a Nazi prison camp, and uh, Corey and her sister, uh, Betsy, eventually got sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp, and Betsy ended up dying later that year in December of 1944. And Corey... She survived, and after the war, being a Christian, she went around and started speaking publicly to different groups at different churches, traveled to many different countries, especially throughout Europe, and she would talk about God's love and forgiveness. She even wrote a best-selling book entitled The Hiding Place, and that recounts her time leading up to the, the arrest of her family, the time in the concentration camp, but only a couple of years after the end of World War II in 1947, she had an encounter that started to—it uh, ended up putting her message of forgiveness really to the test. And here's what happened. Corey, she gave this talk in Munich. She was at a church in the basement room of this church in Munich, Germany. She just finished speaking to the group there on that topic of God's forgiveness, and people were filing out. And the way that she describes it, as these people were filing out to the back of the room, uh, she said that it was always quiet. People never spoke. They, uh, they would listen as she would talk about God's forgiveness. She'd say things like, when we confess our sins, God casts them into the deepest ocean. They're gone forever. But people would just stare back at her, those who had lived through the war, and they would 
stand up in silence, put on their coats in silence, and leave the room in silence at the end of one of her talks, one of her presentations. But at this talk, this one here in, in Munich, there was one man that was kind of fighting against the flow of the crowd as they're exiting that room in the bottom of this Munich, Germany church. And this man is coming forward, and he's wearing an overcoat. He has a brown hat. And as he comes up to her, she recognizes the face. And the last time that she saw this man, he was wearing a blue uniform with a swastika and a military cap that had a skull and crossbones on it. And she could still—it took her right back to where she could see that huge room in the concentration camp with its its harsh overhead lights— and the pile of the dresses and shoes that had been taken from all the women and having that shame of having to march naked past him as she's going through that concentration camp and they're getting all of the women set up there as doing the work, doing the labor. And now Corey is standing here and this man is in front of her and he reaches out his hand to try and shake hers. And he said, that was such a good message. And how good it is to know that, as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And so, Corey, she's standing there. She can't even make eye contact with him. She Just a few minutes earlier, she'd been speaking these planned and these rehearsed words about forgiveness. And now she can't make eye contact with this man coming up and talking about her, her speech. He kept on talking to her. He talked about how he did work as a guard at the Ravensbrück concentration camp. But it became quite clear that he didn't remember Corey. And he ended up saying, since that time, since leaving that, since the end of the war, I've become a Christian. I know that God's forgiven me for the cruel things that I did there, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well. Will you forgive me? So his hand is outstretched here, and Corey, at this point, she has to wrestle in her mind with what she would do, how she'd respond to this man. She knew what she had to do, but she she honestly didn't think she could. After the war was over, Corey had opened up her home for victims of Nazi brutality, and she was able to witness with her own eyes how those who were able to forgive the former enemies that they had, when they could when they could let go of that that anger and that bitterness, then they could move forward. They were able to return to the outside world, they were able to, to rebuild their lives. And it didn't matter the physical scars. It was those emotional scars. And the people who held the grudges, the people who couldn't move forward and wouldn't let go of that bitterness and that hate, they were the ones who couldn't move forward. They couldn't get on with their lives. And so Corey knew this as she's standing there in front of this man. And she talks about how it felt like hours, even though she knows that it was probably just mere seconds. It felt like hours that she was standing there. And she started thinking about forgiveness and knowing that forgiveness is not an emotion. She said, it's an act of the will. And so inwardly, she started to pray and she said, Jesus, help me. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. Even if I don't feel it, you can supply the feeling. And so she talked about how very slowly and mechanically she reached out to take his hand. And as she did that, as she touched his hand and grasped it, she said this warmth, this healing warmth flooded through her body and tears came to her eyes and she finally could look at this man and say out loud to him, I forgive you, my brother, with all my heart. Now, if that was you, would you be able to do that? Would you be able to forgive someone 
who had beat you, imprisoned you, someone who was part of a regime that's responsible for the death of your father and your sister, someone who had taken away your dignity, your freedom. That'd be a tough thing to do. When have you had to make that decision to forgive someone? I, I've never been faced with a situation like that one of Corey Ten Boom. Uh, I've, I've, of course, forgiven those people that I've interacted with in my life, but never had to be in a situation like that. I doubt that many of us have. Um, I mean, that's a, that's a very, very tough situation to be in, where you're having to forgive someone for that sort of gravity of action against you. But when have you had to make those decisions, those, those times where you have to forgive someone even when you don't want to? How did that act of forgiveness help you in your relationship, not only with that person, but with Christ? And maybe you're still holding back from forgiving someone. Maybe there's somebody in your life that you just haven't been able to bring yourself to forgive them. And that's obviously what we're going to be talking about here on The Inner Life today, is that, that living out forgiveness. And we're going to do that with one of our regular spiritual directors, Father Joseph Johnson. He's a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, and he's the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. And Father Joseph, so glad to have you here on The Inner Life today as we talk about forgiveness. Good to be with you, Josh. And of course, even the readings for today's Mass, uh, we hear Jesus telling, uh, you know, the importance of forgiveness. And that, that's right at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. And so as we do talk about forgiveness here, you know, one of the things that in Corey's story, she talked about how forgiveness is not simply an emotion. It's an act of the will. Is that true? Is that something that even when we don't feel like it, it's something we can still exercise? Um, Because a lot of times, I know for me, if my heart isn't in it, it doesn't feel like it's a sincere act. It doesn't feel like I'm, I'm doing it from the heart, even if I'm going through those motions. Well, take, take it back a step to context. So forgiveness is part of mercy. Mercy is an aspect of love, and it's that most radical part of love, the, the, the love even of your enemies, you know, as Jesus would say. That's what a Christian does. A pagan loves their friends. We love even our enemies. And that's what Corey had to come face to face with, loving your enemy. You know, and so love, though, if we just take it back, is not just an emotion. Love is an act of the will. You know, sometimes when you have a newborn child and everyone's gathered around you and smiling, it's easy to care for that infant. But at 2 a.m., when the baby's woken you up for the fourth time that night, and it's four weeks in a row where you've not had a single uninterrupted night's sleep, you don't, when the baby cries, you don't get this warm and fuzzy thing, oh, my baby, let's go take, you know, there's no emotional love that's coming forth of that. You want to sleep. Not only do you want to sleep, you need to sleep. But you choose to deny yourself, get up, and go change that dirty diaper or feed that baby whatever it needs. Uh, And that's where we see love is this act of the will. Uh, And in order to, to make that, I have to say no to myself in order to say yes to the beloved. You know, and, and that's that's the key of forgiveness is, yes, I don't have to like this person. Christ doesn't expect us to like everybody we ever meet. He most certainly doesn't expect us to like the people uh, that, that treat us poorly, but he does expect us to love them. You know, and, and so that's a, an important 
important distinction I think that we need. I'm not going to be best friends with everyone in the face of the planet. And in fact, you see, some of the saints didn't particularly like each other. You know, right. St. Jerome and St. Augustine back and forth, their correspondence, you know, 1,600 years later, it still scorches a little bit. You know, but but the the idea is that in my heart, I will the good of the other. That's that's it. And for me, also, it's the best thing that I can do for myself, that if I nurture resentments, if I hold on to grudges, uh, if I allow bitterness in my heart towards another person, I punish myself because there's no room for peace. So psychologists, even prescinding from any uh, theology or spirituality, a psychologist will tell you the people that can't let go of past hurts are not going to have peace in their life. They're not going to have happiness. They're stuck until they can let go. And so me forgiving the other person is the best gift I can give myself. It, it, it drains away that, that bitterness uh, so I can have peace. And that's what we want. Oh, we want to have that peace in our hearts. And it doesn't mean pretending that the other person didn't really do something that was horrible. Right? I mean, then there'd be nothing to forgive. Right. Because sometimes we, we, we misinterpret forgiveness. As, oh, it wasn't that bad. I'll, I'll just let it go. No, it was awful. But I'm still going to choose to forgive. And, and, and that, you know, the old phrase is to err is human, to forgive is divine. It takes grace. It takes grace to forgive, to let go. But here's the thing. I need, I need to forgive in order to stretch my heart to its true potential, to my highest dignity. I've been made in the image and likeness of God. And until I can love as God loves, which means loving even my enemy, I am not coming to my own fulfillment. Hmm. So I don't treat others as others deserve. I treat others as Christ has treated me mercifully and as he's equipped me to grow and live in his potential, that potential to, to love as he loves. Now, as you as you talk about, you know, uh, one of the, the famous lines that you mentioned, you know, to err is human, to forgive is divine. Another phrase that comes to mind is we've all heard, you know, forgive and forget. And you, you mentioned somebody wrongs us, especially if it's something serious. Yeah, it can be it can be a very hard thing to move past that. But we also acknowledge that it is a serious thing that's been done against us, should we actually forget those things that are done? I know we, we talk about God and how he remembers our sins no more uh, when we're forgiven, but should we, should we do that too? Should we go ahead and forget what somebody's done, or does that end up making us a target for someone to take advantage of us? Or on the other side, if we hold on to and remember, even if we've we've said, you know, I forgive that person, I'm not holding a grudge, but if I if I remember that, does that hold me back from truly completely forgiving the person? I, I think it's an important distinction. I don't think that it's necessary to forget in order to forgive. Uh, I do think that that over time. Uh, with with a with a true letting go, uh, the, the 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 painful memory I think recedes, but 
But like when it's your sister who's been killed, you know, every every birthday, every Thanksgiving, every whatever, when you'd normally have been together as a family, you're you're going to remember that absence. Right. But it doesn't always have to be with a bitterness. It can be with a gratitude for the blessing that your sister was, a gratitude uh, that the Lord gives you the grace to let go and not have bitterness in your heart. And it can be with a prayer, prayer for uh, the person that did this, uh, a prayer for others who have suffered losses to not have bitterness in their hearts, a prayer that the Lord keep transforming hearts that we create a world where there is not violence and where there is not injustice. So I, I think the forgetting part is not essential to forgiving. But I, I do think this, that I think that when you do forgive, it's not then that every day you still wake up and you're obsessed with this. You know, that, that it does, uh, it takes its place uh, in all of our experience, all of our memories. It's not the one high peak that overshadows all the rest. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Our spiritual director today, Father Joseph Johnson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, and we're talking about forgiveness. And have you had that time in your life where you had to make that decision to forgive someone, even when you didn't want to? Or are you at a point where maybe you're having a hard time letting go and forgiving somebody for something that they did, something something they wronged you by. Well, that's uh, why our spiritual director is here, is to be able to give you some guidance on the path. And of course, if you've had that forgiveness that you've expressed towards somebody else, or maybe somebody forgave you for something you did, uh, we'd love to hear how that helped you, not only in your relationship with that person, but in your spiritual life, in, in your relationship with Christ. And our phones are open right now. You can call in 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And uh, we're going to have more on forgiveness here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio right after this. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. If you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Call now, 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. We're talking about forgiveness today here on The Inner Life. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson. And if there's been that time in your life where you've experienced that forgiveness from someone, maybe you've been the one to forgive somebody who did something against you, And that's made that difference in your life. You've been able to move forward. Well, we'd love to hear how Christ has worked in your life because of that forgiveness that's been offered there. Or maybe you're in a situation where you're having a hard time giving that forgiveness to someone, being able to say, it's okay, I'm not going to hold that grudge. I'm not going to hold that bitterness. And if you'd like to join the conversation today, you can call us 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. The phone number again, 888-914-9149. And want to say thank you to Nick Schmitz and Jake Moore, who are helping to uh, run the show behind the scenes here, keep everything sounding good on the air. 
And again, our spiritual director is Father Joseph Johnson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. And Father, as we're talking about forgiveness, what if someone doesn't want our forgiveness? What if they refuse to accept it? You know, we've we've had that conversation and they just say, nope, not interested. Have we done our part at that point and it's just up to them? Or is there something else that we should do to try and mend that relationship? Well, I think, you know, it's a good point. We all come to these situations where, you know, it, maybe it's not that we've even had the conversation. Maybe it's I can't uh, interact with the person. I, I met the person, had a nasty interaction, and they're gone, and I don't know oh, sure. where they are. And later when I calm down and I'm ready to forgive, I, I would know where to begin to find the person, right? Um, it's, so forgiveness is, again, it's, it's that act of the will on our part. Uh, that that what we want to do is is go there, and of course we have a, a pretty you know important motivation for doing that. Uh, Jesus taught us to pray in the Our Father, you know, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. You know, so uh, it's that my desire for mercy that uh, re, you know Jesus had to set it up that strongly, I think, in order to convince us uh, that we've got to be in the business of sharing that mercy with one another. Right. And that's, of course, what that great parable is about, of the, the, the master forgiving his servant a small debt, or, you know, or I'm sorry, a big debt, and then the servant wouldn't forgive a fellow servant the smaller, much smaller debt. If you and I acknowledge whatever other people do to us, uh, it doesn't actually compare to what one mortal sin is in our relationship to God. You know, God has given us everything. God loved us into life. Every blessing that we've ever had, every day is a continuation of God's love for us. And for me to commit a single mortal sin is such an act of, 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 of unfaithfulness, such an act of ungratefulness, uh, such a repudiation of this love which has done nothing but pour itself out for me. If I, if I realize what, what that is, and how yet God still extends his mercy to us uh, without blinking, so to speak. You know, he just constant in his, in his love and his, his care and his mercy for us. Then I begin to see, how can I hold a grudge against someone else who has done th- something ar- horrible that they might have done to me, but it's less in the magnitude of, of what, uh, what I, they owe me than what I owe God, and yet I right. have treated him. Well, and, love. and as you talk about that parable that Jesus tells that that servant who's forgiven, if I rem- I don't have it in front of me, but if I remember correctly, it was something where it would it would be akin to like millions of dollars today for us. It was some ridiculously large amount. And then he went out and it was along the lines of somebody owed me $50 or $100. And he starts choking the other person. As soon as he's forgiven, he starts choking the other man saying, give back, pay back what you owe. And because he doesn't, he says, just be patient with me. Same, same words that this servant had just said to his master and king, then uh, he says no, and he throws him in debtor's prison. So that magnitude, um, you know, million, uh, millions of dollars compared to maybe $50 is what I've always had in my mind. Yes, a great difference in that order of gratitude, sorry, magnitude. And then also, again, as you said, the exact words the, 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 the second servant used to the first servant, the exact words the first servant had said to the master. Right, and he yeah. couldn't hear himself in that in his fellow servant. He couldn't see that he had just made that same plea, and he had been heard and forgiven. Right. So let's so, talk about the other side of that. Then, if I apologize, I know I've done something wrong, 
and I apologize to someone, but they refuse to forgive me. At that point, is there something more I need to do, or is that on them? You know, do I have a role to play in them not being able to receive God's forgiveness because I was the one who originally committed that wrong against them? Or is that something where I can only do so much? I can only just say I'm sorry, and they have to have that conversion of heart on their side? I, exactly. The, I think in both these situations, what you're dealing with is I'm responsible for the effort, not the outcome. Right, meaning I have to put in my part. What what happens in the end, I have no control over. Right, uh, but but I have to do my part. And it and it may be that there are people that uh, that don't aren't interested in in my for my apology. And you know now I have to make sure that I'm not just kind of water off a duck's back. You know, you you terribly hurt somebody. Oh really? Oh I hurt you? Oh sorry. You know, I mean, I, I can't just treat it lightly, you know, that way. It has to be a sincere and authentic, you know, apology. But some people, because of where they are in their own life, in their own journey, aren't ready, aren't capable of, of giving forgiveness. And and that's that's something for them to wrestle with, you know. But I shouldn't beat myself up because the other person didn't forgive me. You know, I, I go to the Lord and I confess it, Lord, I wounded this other person. I've, I've tried to make amends. They, they aren't interested. Uh, Lord, show me if there's anything left that I should do. But otherwise, I'm just, I'm leaving it with you, Lord. I, you know, I, I'm sorry for it. And I, I want to take your, your mercy uh, for that. But, but then, then I should have peace. Right, right. Our spiritual director today, Father Joseph Johnson. And we're taking your calls at 888-914-9149. And as we talk about forgiveness, as we talk about um, how we want to live out what we pray in the Our Father, that uh, we ask God to forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and what that means to live that out in our lives. And let's go right now to David. He's listening to Relevant Radio in Fresno, California. Hi, David. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, my question, because I have a brother and a nephew that were both murdered by somebody. Um, and actually, I was going to go over that exact parable that you were just talking about, but I didn't catch everything that you were saying. And my question is, because the servant went ahead and asked for forgiveness, but wasn't willing to forgive the second person, and everything was given back to him, if we're not willing to forgive, um, do the sins that we ask for forgiveness for, do those come back to us if we're not willing to forgive? You, you know, David, first of all, let me just say I'm terribly sorry on, on the suffering and loss that, that your family's experienced. Uh, what, a, what an awful or, ordeal. Uh, and, and this question of mercy is one, as, as you well know, that's not just an academic question, right? This is something that's not an abstraction, but something that all of us have to, to live with uh, in everyday life, uh, although uh, not necessarily to the degree that you and your family are having to, to wrestle with this question. But Jesus does ask of us that, you know, he says in other parts of the scripture, he'll say the same message in different words. He'll say, love one another as I have loved you. And what does that mean? St. Paul says Christ died for us while we were still his enemies, right? Uh, and, and Jesus also said, the measure with which you measure will be measured out to you. 
Uh, and so there is that question of, if I'm not willing to be merciful to others, you know, then am I capable of receiving mercy? You know, and so I don't like to think about it so much like, I mean, Jesus uses the image of a debt, you know, and does the debt come back? You know, you know, it's it's a question of the heart. Jesus was using that kind of commercial image to try and get us in the right, you know, zone to think about this. But in 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 the end, it's not just a transaction of something. It's it's what I need to be a saint, and and that's of course what we're all called to be, right? That's what our baptism has has equipped us to be. That's where we're longing to be with you know perfect union with God in heaven. We're called to be saints. For me to be a saint. I have to have a heart that that is unencumbered by resentments, by hatreds, you know, by lack of forgiveness. So I think that's the way to think about it rather than just do, you know, do, you know, do my sins come back to me? Think about it this way. My goal is to have a heart that's full of God's love uh, and that's able to share that love with the people around me. Uh, and for that, I have to let go of of these other things, um, and and that brokenness of of the world. You know, the cross by itself does not produce a good fruit. I mean, you, we talk about well, just take up your cross, whatever. No, we have to cooperate with God's grace in it because suffering by itself. We've met plenty of people, haven't we, that suffering has just made them bitter and angry or it's crushed them in despair and, and they just can't move. You know, there there are lots of, of bad things that can come as the fruit of suffering in our lives. But when we accept the grace of Christ, something different happens. Jesus never allows evil to have the last word. And so from suffering, our hearts become tender rather than hard. We, we we cling to the Lord uh, because we know every other love in our lives will fail us. Uh, and and sometimes in, 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 in atrocious, harmful ways like what your family experienced. Uh, you know, that was at the bottom line. That's a lack of love on the part of that that person. And and all, but as, as, as much as you and I get bruised and beaten up through life by people not loving us as they should, you and I have a perfect love. You and I have a love that never wavers. You and I have a love that won't fail us in the love God has for us. And that's what equips me to give forgiveness. I don't expect everyone I ever meet to love me perfectly, but I do have a perfect love in my life. And it's that perfect love they want to live for. It's that perfect love that I want to fill my heart. And I want to be one that doesn't add to the brokenness of the world. I mean, because I don't know about you, David, but I have this unique talent that I can take a bad situation and I can always make it worse. Right. Uh, you know, and 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 right. instead of that, I, I don't want to add to the brokenness. Exactly. I want to I want to bring <laughs> the compassion of Jesus. I want to bring that gentleness of his patient and forgiving love. And that's what I, I want my contribution to every situation to, to the world in general to be. Mm. David, does that help give you some? Well, uh... I, I think. Yeah, I, I think about um, and I, she's passed away, but it was Mother Angelica. Um, who I really enjoyed uh, watching and listening to, and she just seemed to go ahead and explain things 
um, she was very, she was amazing. And I watched her one time when she took a phone call, and just to make it short, uh, somebody had called in and said, you know, sister, I've been away from church for like 20 years. How can God forgive me? And sister was talking about when she went to the to the beach and uh, the wave came in and there was a drop of water on her hand. And she shook it off when the Lord said, did you see that drop of water? That represents all of your sins and everything you've ever done wrong. And this ocean represents my mercy. And I, I think about that as far as how great his mercy has been compared to, you know, what our sins are and what I have to go ahead and do to for, ask for forgiveness and how willing I am to forgive and try to look past, you know, um, what's happened in my life. Um, right. And, and Mother Angelica was such a, a champ and, and a beautiful teacher in, in those great images that we can all relate to, uh, you know, and, and and part of it is also, David, you've been robbed of two precious people in your life, but you you don't want to let yourself be robbed of every other blessing in your life. And that's what happens when we get stuck in unforgiveness, is my life becomes a hostage to this pain, you know, and I can't move. Uh, and so really, uh, the, that person that does these terrible things uh, doesn't just take away those two beloved members of your family, but begins to take away your whole life because I can't do anything. I can't move past that. Uh, and so you want to say, you know what? I don't want to give that person that power in my life. Uh, I don't want that person to rule the rest of my life that I have to live under this dark cloud of, of bitterness. Lord, bring the light of your love to dispel uh, that, 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 that bitterness in our hearts because we can't say it's don't be angry right of course you have to be angry and anger is an, a natural emotion you know that that when something is hurts when something's unjust we should be angry but we can't stay in that you know so psychologists will tell you it's unhealthy to bottle it up and pretend you're not angry absolutely that's not what we want to do but we have to move past that anger we can't just stay in that anger and that takes prayer that takes a closeness to the lord and that's how god again brings good out of evil the lord is going to make you and the members of your family saints through this tragedy he's going to bring you closer and closer to himself so just feel the lord embracing you in in your sorrow uh, and and just allow his love to bring healing there. Mm. Thank you for the call, David. You know, another uh, thought that it brings to my mind, I know a woman who ended up, uh, she was actually attacked by a man. He, his plan was to kidnap her and hold her and uh, probably rape her. And she ended up uh, making it out of that. She escaped. And I know in talking with her, this was, I think, 15, 16, 17 years ago. Uh, she ended up having to go in for surgery after this man attacked her. She had different things that, um, you know, she just, uh, some of that post-traumatic stress. But every time that she would go to Mass, and there are the intentions that we pray for as a community, and at the end, it's always, and for our personal intentions, and she would offer up the Mass for this man to be healed 
for his forgiveness, for him to be able to change his life. And, uh, and that, I think, was how she was able to move forward from that. Because if you're praying for the best for somebody, that's something you said earlier, Father. We want to will the good of the other person. And so when you've got that person who's hurt you, who's attacked you, or somebody that you love, and you're able to pray for them, it takes away that bitterness, and we find God transforming our lives. That's what I saw in this woman's life. Our spiritual director today, Father Joseph Johnson, and we're talking about forgiveness, how we can live that out in our lives. If you'd like to join the conversation, the phone number, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You can email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com, and we'll take more of your phone calls coming up right after this on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Part of the program, you can listen to this show and any of your favorites on the Relevant Radio app or online at relevantradio.com. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond, along with our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. And we're talking about living out forgiveness in our lives. Not always an easy thing to do, but how can we do that? How can we move forward? Forgive someone who's hurt us, um, especially when it's, it's something that we are struggling to even get to that point of being able to say, I forgive you. And Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Teresa, who's listening to us in Mobile, Alabama. Hi, Teresa. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hello. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, now, I had a situation, it's been nine years, and my father was in, had an in-house caretaker who ended up stealing from him, and then he went into a facility um, and died about two months later, and one of our last conversations was about this person that he realized had stolen from him and monetarily and items, and then we removed her from the house, but he passed away and one of the last conversations we had was about this person and he was apologizing to me for the trouble that it caused me trying to get her out of the house. But she has since either, it was either a drug overdose or a, um, actual suicide and she's passed away. And even nine years later, I'm still thinking about it and I haven't been able to forgive her cause we never had the confrontation you know, our discussion about what happened, why it happened, you know, and then I was bitter because it was the last, one of the last conversations I had with my father was about her. And even nine years later, I still think about it almost every day, and I'm not sure how to get past it. Well, thank you for sharing that. I And obviously, uh, you know, when we have people in our own home, there's a trust that's broken uh, when they do something. And when there's a member of our family who's vulnerable and that's taken advantage of and and then energy gets consumed in dealing with that rather than just loving our 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 vulnerable and and in this case your dying father you know yeah there there's definitely a, a great wound there but it, as I heard you tell the story, I wanted to to say, you know how beautiful that your father 
at least from, from my impression from your conversation, was not angry at this woman and, and bitter about this. He was more sorry that it caused trouble to you. Is that an accurate read? He was a, yeah, he was a little bitter because it wasn't a financial burden on him or anything, but he was. it was more, I think, he was hurt by the broken trust that he had put in this person. Yeah. And then, yes. like you say, the fact that it caused me because we were very close, you know, and that's just the way he was. You know, he he would have probably forgiven her before I would have, you know. Well, see, and, that, but, and that's I the just, thing then to say. Yeah, to say I want to learn from my father's example uh, to to forgive, you know. And sometimes here's the thing: people come into our lives and they cause trouble. And you say, "Well, Lord, why would you allow that?" And and you know what? I'm convinced it's so that we could pray for that person. You know what? Maybe that person, obviously, that person had a troubled life. And and that's the thing. Whenever someone does something terrible, I want to know the backstory. And then most of the time we don't get to know the backstory. But usually there's a whole bunch of sadness that that has gone to contribute to someone who then ends up murdering or stealing or or doing other awful things. Usually they've had wounds in their own life. And the old the old uh, adage is hurt people hurt people. Right. They They take the wounds in their life and they start wounding others. But maybe God put that person in your life so that you could pray for that person because maybe there was nobody else who would pray for that person. Maybe you were the one that that can say, Lord, you know, if this person has no one else to pray, uh, I'll be that person. That was the meaning. The meaning was not about a little bit of money or, or broken trust. Uh, that's all water under the bridge, Right. But but maybe it was entirely that I would have the opportunity to stretch my heart to learn this Christ-like love your enemies uh, and that that person would get a blessing from me uh, instead of a curse. That that person, with all of their sorrow and trouble in their life, that person gets someone to pray so that that person can be in heaven too. And that's the thing where where the, the scripture tells us God does not want the death of the sinner, but that the sinner would convert and live. And so that's what we don't want all these people to just get punished. Uh, you know, not that the punishment is a bad thing, right? Uh, Pope John Paul II went to see the man who, who shot him, forgave him. But John Paul II walked out of the prison and the other guy stayed in the prison, right? There There is a legitimate place for punishment there. Uh, but but mercy in in our hearts and lifting that person up in prayer, maybe that's what the meaning of this encounter was all about. I hope that helps, Teresa. And we're running a little short on time, and so I'd like to see if we can get one more phone call in here. Um, let's go to Eileen. She's listening in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Hi, Eileen. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hello. I think Father just stole my thunder. <laughs> My experience was two men tortured me physically, and uh, as a result of that, it affected my relationship with God, and also I didn't know how to forgive them um, because, of course, I couldn't forget it. I have suffered PTSD for 17 years, but while we were going through the, the trial preparations, um, and I came out of the psychologist's office one day. Um, I realized that I was separated from God because of this, and God offered me 
Would you pray for them? You will never forget them. Pray for them and for the salvation of their souls, because if not, it's going to be what they did against you that's going to hold them or may hold them away from my salvation. Are you going to stand in, in that place to deny them eternity with God? Because anyway, and I said no, and he said, well, then pray for them. So that's what I've been doing for 25 years. And I thank God for that because it also reconnected me with God that even though I was screaming through the whole thing and screaming out to God, the hardest thing for me was, why did he allow this to happen to me? And that's no longer my question and hasn't been for years. It's that stuff happened, God was with me, and good things have come out of it, and I praise God for it, and I still pray for these men. That's so beautiful, Eileen. Thank you for sharing that with us. And just so you have something to meditate on in this Lent, I'm sure you've already done it, but Christ and his passion when he was abused and tortured, you know, uh, I want you to know he was right there with you. When he went through that in his passion, he had you in his mind that you would know whatever abuse you suffered, he has suffered it first. And he's shared that pain so that you know that you're not alone in that pain. Uh, and, and that's the way that, that each one of us can take the, the sufferings of our life and realize it's associated with the passion of Christ. I have a share in the passion of Christ. And you know what? He's given me a share in his glory, too. Mm. And that's what I'm going to hold on to. Eileen, thanks for your call. We're going to try and get one more person in here, and Helen is also listening out in New Jersey. Hi, Helen. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Yes, hi. Um, I'm so uh, happy that I'm here on the show. I absolutely love listening to Relevant Radio. And Helen, we Um, only have about 60 seconds, so I just want you to know, as you're going to share with us here, uh, if you can kind of keep it quick so Father can respond, okay? Um, after 15 years of marriage, and I was able to forgive him. Uh, today, we, ha- we have five grandchildren. We spend all the time together with my husband, um, children's parties, any special occasion, Christmas and holidays. And he comes over here, and him and my um, husband today, they get along very well. So um, I'm just, uh, I pray for him. Um, I let go of the anger that weighed me down, and um, and I forgive him. I forgive him. Jesus forgives us, and we have, and I forgave him as well. And that forgiveness is the key to your peace and happiness. That you you are able to let go, not to pretend that it didn't hurt, but to let go uh, and say, Lord, help me. Uh, you know, and and in that you came closer to the Lord, but you also unlocked the gates for you to move on to the other blessings that God had in store for you uh, that would not be possible if you were stuck in that bitterness and resentment. So so thank you for, for sharing that with us. You know, Father, as uh, you know, we've heard from Helen, as we've heard from some of the other callers here, how do we walk that line of we want to live out forgiveness, but at the same time, we don't want to let somebody take advantage of us? We don't want to be a pushover, especially if that person wrongs us in the same way again and again. Right. Well, there's, there's a difference between becoming a doormat and forgiving, right? Uh, for, and that's that difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. I can let go of something in my heart. I can pray for someone, but that doesn't mean that I'm necessarily going to be in a relationship with that person again. Right. I need there's a legitimate self-defense. 
And if, if this other person is unhealthy and is constantly abusive, I'm not required to stay in that. I'm required to let go of the, the bitterness and to forgive, but I'm not required to stay in that uh, where I keep getting beat up. Uh, and that's that's where we have to understand that, that forgiveness doesn't mean that we're always back together again. Uh, but it means that my heart uh, is clear that I've given up that that uh, resentment and that, that I want Christ's mercy for me to to transform me so that I can be merciful to those around me. Mm. And again, I'm going to go back to the phrase that you brought up earlier as we were talking. And what we ultimately want is to will the good of the other so that we can love them the way that Christ loves us. And uh, again, if you if you haven't read recently the parable of the wicked servant who was forgiven so much and then went out and he ended up uh, not forgiving his fellow servant, um, it's a good starting point. So if you haven't read that, go and read that. And of course, spend time in prayer. I can't say it enough. Pray the rosary every day. It'll make a difference in your life. Father Joseph, as we're down to the last 30 seconds, could I ask you for a blessing for all of our listeners? Through the intercession of our Immaculate Mother Mary and good St. Joseph, may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Father Joseph Johnson from the Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, our spiritual director, thank you so much for being with us today. And coming up, we have the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. That is next here on Relevant Radio. Father Daniel Schuster is our celebrant, so I hope you'll stay with us for that. And of course, I hope you join us again tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Make it a great day, and make sure you pray that rosary.